0: Welcome to Keeping Up with Data. Keeping Up with Data is the podcast that keeps data enthusiasts up to speed with what is happening in the data world. We bring in the leading minds from the data industry to talk all things career, news, embarrassing stories, failures, and successes. So something really important for us here at Precision Sourcing is mental health. It's something we've been focused on a lot over the last year or so. And we're lucky enough to have partnered with the Black Dog Institute and we're going to be doing a lot of events with them this year a lot of our events money will be going towards them and they're out there aiming to create a mentally healthier world for everyone so if you wish to support the cause please donate via the link in the bio on this podcast and you'll be seeing a lot more information about black dog over the next year welcome once again to keeping up with data with me joel robinstein
1: me emily Nota.
0: and today we are joined by our friend jeremiah manning and jeremiah as always we're going to get you to introduce yourself so tell everyone who's listening a little about, bit about you
2: cool great to be here uh, my name is Jeremiah so I'm a director at PwC you know data science inside analytics division um, and you know a lot of my background is it obviously in data science and, and data sort of things but um, a lot of my kind of speciality is around enterprise platforms with data science uh, that building teams and uh, having interesting conversations with the business around data so that's
0: a lot of my background which I'm sure we'll get into soon yeah we'll definitely get into all of that it's gonna be a heavy Emily podcast with you being data science and that being your speciality Emily rather than me okay, passing um, the mic. yeah passing the mic a little bit to Today we have got our favourite data jokes, oh. Yes. two month break, so obviously you guys have been scouring the internet for the, the latest... The bar is
1: still low. No? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought
0: in the last two months there must have been plenty more data no. jokes. No? Okay. That's fine. Um, we haven't got Emily on the streets. You've gone off the streets. Oh.
1: I have, yeah. yeah, to be determined. Yeah, <laughs> in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, to be, yeah, we're not sure, right? We're going to have to send you somewhere yeah. else in the future. Um, and we'll have all the usual questions that we usually go through as well. I'm sure we'll go off piste. Um, an interesting start that we haven't done, Jeremiah, and I practically briefly before we started talking was um, – Obviously, a lot of what we talk about in this podcast is hiring, retention, attraction. Mm, And I saw when I was doing the last bit of cramming on yourself that you've got the hiring logo on your profile on LinkedIn. I've never actually asked anyone, does that work? (laughs) So So there's a simple question.
2: That is a a good one. So I think um, LinkedIn has all kinds of interesting things you can do with it, right? So you've got the open to work aspect of it as well from the other side, but the hiring one, um, I find that, so for me personally, I post a lot of the roles that we have coming up at PwC. Most of the time I'm posting those roles there within my team or an adjacent team. So I'm hiring for them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when I use that, it actually helps with getting attraction after the post. So the post is good. I get a a couple of messages, conversations out of that, but that kind of dies off in a few days as LinkedIn usually does. So having that open to thing, has you know people have approached me afterwards with that so it has genuinely worked a few times um so but it is hit and miss i would say it does depend on who's kind of watching that as well
0: yep do you find that with linkedin being the way it is and obviously being a global tool you just get a whole range of people getting in touch just randomly and just saying hey you know what are you hiring for um yes and no how do you find it from the other side emily as someone who maybe looks at the open to work green one
1: uh so yeah the open to work one is a weird one i mean we were talking about it earlier obviously and it, like some people put it up and they're already like they're still in their business and it's kind of a bit dicey like does everyone know you're open to work mm. but i mean if i did that you'd be like emily what the hell are you doing <laughs> definitely because i obviously have good. a secret
0: ghost profile that yeah. i'm using to look at all my stuff at all points <laughs> to yeah but, but yeah. You, you mentioned about if it's pwc and maybe someone else has got Price, Warthouse Coopers yep. under different names. You can actually see who in your business is. With big organizations that
2: aren't strung together, yeah. you can see it. So my previous company had um, Capgemini and Capgemini Invent, so people would put their names on different things. Yeah. But the recruitment accounts that we had behind the scenes were tagged to Capgemini. So you could see all the, the green things for Capgemini. when They came up, which was quite funny.
0: Um, anyway, right, let's get into who you are, Jeremiah. That was just a little um, opening that I wanted to get into. So um, Director of Data Science at pwc great brand name global firm how does one get to that point in their career where did it all start and let's go from there oh do you want
2: the, the full origin story so yeah uh... let's, let's do it yeah <laughs> okay so um i did electrical engineering which is not related to data whatsoever no. so uh putting wires together making sure they don't blow up that sort of thing is what i learned in, in university but um i applied to ibm and I accidentally applied to their research division um, because I didn't know what it was and it sounded cool. So yeah. that was the whole step in. And they put me in a different queue, which happened to be for their Watson team. Right, And their Watson team was the interesting data team. And this is, um, then I had an interview with IBM and we talked about the English Premier League for an hour. Strong. Yep, and then that's how I got my first role. Who do you support and who did they support? Oh, I don't know anything about the English Premier League. Oh. I saw it on the guy's LinkedIn profile and then spent a couple of hours the night before researching it. Um, so then had a, like a semi-informed <laughs> wow. discussion about the EPL. So okay,
1: we're gonna dig into that. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Interviewing techniques yeah. and being prepared, but we'll uh, get back to I've that. I've done
2: a lot of interviews on both sides of the fence as well, so happy to kind of go through. Definitely. That too. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll
0: file um, that away for later.
2: Yeah, so then from there I, I stayed there for about a year and a half, went to Altus Consulting. Uh, they're a fantastic. Um, uh, it's like a smaller data consultancy in Melbourne um, and a bit in Sydney as well. Um, so spent a while there, and I was helping them with developing their, you know, their data science go-to-market, what that looks like with clients. Um, a lot of their work was in more the bread and butter data warehousing type of thing. So um, I was there to kind of do some of that, learn that side of it as well, learn the ropes as well as how do we look at more advanced use cases, sure. things like that. So that was quite interesting. Then I went to uh, Cap Gemini. So Capgemini joined the insights and data team and then progressed through that team into um, the invent team as well. So where we started a data science team and we were doing interesting data science work there for a couple of years. So that team, um, we started it with with only a couple of people and then grew it sort of 12 to 15 people within that team. Um, But a lot of the projects we were running were kind of split across the organization as well. So it was quite an interesting setup as part of that. Um, Then from there made the jump to uh, PwC about a year and two months ago now. Nice. So yeah, it's uh, been interesting. It's been a long long ride, ups and downs, but um, I think for me, um, yeah, we can go into whatever part you want, but there's a lot around, um, you know, for me, the success I had moving through those roles was really finding the right mentors okay, and the mm-hmm. right people in the right places to kind of um, sponsor what I wanted to achieve, right? You know, obviously I fell into the first role accidentally. Yeah. From there, I had some, some really good people straight up that helped with that process. Um, so it's been quite an interesting
0: ride. So the first thing I want to pick on then are you so you're a self taught data scientist, would
1: you uh, say? I
2: suppose you could say that.
0: Yeah. I didn't do it in uni. Is no. that what you mean? Does anyone s- do it in uni? Yeah, now yeah, they do.
2: Now yeah, they yeah do. I suppose they do now, don't they? Mm. Yeah, you've got yeah, that, that didn't exist when you, I was. you you'd
0: know a well, masters of data science and
1: yeah, masters of data science, masters of analytics even. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Back in the day, it was I stats.
1: Then it's like stats and science. Yeah, true. And,
0: yeah. You know,
2: well, so that's what I did in electrical yeah. engineering. It was all yeah. stats. Right. It was all calculus, math. That's what. There okay, you go, so you yeah. had enough yeah. of a background.
0: That's what okay. enabled me to
2: get in enough to kind of learn those things. But um, for example, the the, the the programming languages I knew were like microprocessor languages. Sure. They weren't like you know python or anything like that so a lot of my learning coming into ibm in particular was upskilling on that side I had to learn a lot very quickly because uh, they just throw you straight onto projects expect yep. you to learn things as you go through and had some really good mentors teaching me those sorts of things as well but i suppose a lot of that was self-taught from that side and picked up on projects as well mm-hmm. yeah um, so kind of taught via being mentored on projects
0: as well throw it in the deep yep. end as well. yeah which is a good way to learn yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah well you always say emily the the best way to learn is to do it in the job rather than trying to do 17 courses and then... 100%.
1: It's just like even here, we're like, just get on the phone and talk to people. You understand what data is if you just keep talking to people. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: you're the same. Obviously, you've just congratulations got promoted oh thank you yeah. um <laughs> By you. yeah for me. Yes. congratulations to me as well yeah. um but obviously we've said like you can learn about leading as much as you want but at the end of the day you just kind of got to throw yourself into it and, and get amongst it with a lot of things so it sounds like you did that as well and you're a career consultant as well which yes, is quite yep. rare yeah um very rare is it yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. It doesn't seem that rare
2: inside consulting. Uh, of course. A lot Do of people kind of stay there. Do you
1: see the same people, like throughout consulting? Uh, it's, like
2: it's a pretty small world, mm. yeah. that's what I would say. So, um, a lot of the teams across the board, you know, the same sort of people turn up fairly regularly. Because mm. um, you've got people that have been there 20, 30 years as well. There's sure. some very yeah. senior people that have been in consulting. Um, and I find people tend to, when they leave, it takes them a while to come back into consulting as well. Right. So there's a bit of a, a lag between those things as well. So, yeah, I, look, it is it is different um, for me. You know, you, as being a consultant, you have to consider what does life look like on the other side. But I think the kind of variability of consulting and the interesting things you get to do keeps me around.
0: Do you think as well that once you, because once you hit a certain level, the level that you're at, it's not just about. The work that you're doing you do have to be able to sell you do have to be able to oh be, yeah you know speak to clients so mm. once you get to a certain level if you leave consulting what we often see is trying to go back into consulting directly le- director level upwards is often quite hard for people who've been oh, interested for a while mm.
2: huge challenge and i've seen it firsthand with people in teams alongside mine is it's um there's a lot you've got to learn that's not just the job right it's even things like um you know you're, you're coming into an environment where you've got to manage things upwards, you've got a lot of different concerns that you don't have in like, a, even t- for me, what I had to learn coming into PwC, differences between a partnership owned and a, and a shareholder business um, are wild. Um, so that was a lot of learning for me coming in and knowing the different priorities that kind of move around with that. Um, Is that because
0: it's a business within a business?
2: Or, effectively, yeah. you, can, yeah. you can think of it as like 150 small businesses. Sure. Yeah, which has, which has different implications than a shareholder model, yeah. Um, but I think with that kind of coming back in on, on the sales side and, and interesting you mentioned that because it is a large component of the job. Um, we tend to spend probably 60, 70% of our time in delivery and sales wow. and then everything else is business development, personnel development, hiring, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, but for me, I didn't start off good at any of that. So consulting taught me that Sure. So when I started off, I was, um, I was very much put me in a dark room with a laptop and really code kind of guy.
0: Yeah, so I couldn't talk to anyone. Well, you say that, (laughs) but the first interview you had, you spent an hour speaking to someone about something that you didn't know about. That is the... Yeah, I suppose. Like there was
2: elements of it that were developing, but I think consulting really helped to hone that a lot. And had I not had that experience, I would have gone, I would have doubled down on the technical aspects of it, which is a perfectly reasonable thing to do in that situation as well. But the reason I value consulting is it helps me keep those things sharp Mm. and the kind of mentors you get are very experienced with this sort of thing. You know, they've been selling projects for 20 years, leading teams for just as long. You get a lot of the, the tips and the tricks uh, to
0: do that mm. pretty rapidly, yeah. So one of the big selling points that people talk about in consulting is the amazing projects and work that you get to do. And I know when you're working with people, they say, what would you say was the project that really hit home for you, maybe in that first five years where you're like, okay, this is why I'm doing this, this is really cool. Mm.
2: okay. Um, Well, okay, well, in the first 12 months, I had some really interesting projects. Um, I can't name the the clients, but we had a a center of excellence in a a heavy industry kind of client um, in Perth. And we were basically taking the tech that we had at at IBM and going, all right, what interesting things can we do? What can we optimize, right? So we were looking at things like um, really kind of on-ground problems, like uh, there's service technicians on mining rigs. They need to fix breakers on particular rigs and the documentation is a 700 page pdf mm-hmm. how do we take a 700 page pdf and tell them exactly what they need to do at breaker e5 right and that was for me i didn't even realize you could do those sorts of things <laughs> when i started yeah. this project so there was a lot of a lot of learning there um but I, I think i started to see the impact you can have with data um and we also did a couple of projects in the same CLE around like um organizational knowledge transfer so in these sorts of sites of industries you've got people that have been there for 30 years and they are the person Mm -hmm. for this thing they know absolutely back to front what you need to do in every situation and when organizations go to replace them it's two three four people to replace their one role just because of the knowledge they've built up over time Um, so we were building systems to try and capture that knowledge and kind of make that applicable to everyone else in the business and that was kind of a a very direct, interesting use case for me, pretty early on. So that kind of got me across that okay, well, you can think about this more than just what mm. you can do with the data. It's how do you impact the people on the other end, and that's kind of one of the most impactful ones I started with. Yeah, yeah.
0: and that's the skill that when we talk about consulting, that everyone always comes back to is it is about that end impact. Mm. A lot of the time, if you're at, at working for a singular business, you get very bogged down into the day to day of like okay, we're just kind of keeping the lights on. We need to make sure we're moving forward a little bit but the consultants can come in and go well what is the broader picture what is the broader meaning here mm. um right i want to get into interviewing more i want to get you two talking about this interviewing for data scientists how oh, data yeah, scientists get topic, into topic <laughs> yeah. Yep. so first things first both of you same question what is the hardest level of person for you to hire at the moment we'll start with you Jeremiah.
2: Ooh. that has a lot of answers yeah. um so i think the most competitive um to use consulting language would be your managers Sure. Um, so a manager is like three to five to six years of experience uh you would be a senior developer something somewhere else yeah um that sort of level is there's just so much competition um a lot of that recruiting
0: feels like you're selling it to them not mm-hmm. yeah. the other way around so that's that's been interesting um but has yeah. that led to some mistakes in some senses as well because you are spending so much time selling rather than digging not in not
2: mistakes but less optimal, let's say. But I think it's the kind of things you have to accept in a candidate driven market, particularly at that level, um, where we try and take an idea of uh, kind of like the investment lens, right? What is this candidate good at? What can we build? What can we improve upon? And are we willing to make that trade off? Um, Which is what you kind of have to do in a competitive market like that. So I would definitely say that grade is tricky.
0: What about you, Em?
1: That's good points. Um, oh, I would I would say, well, obviously, recruiting for consultancy is definitely that level, but more so the senior manager level in consulting mm. Yeah. because the senior manager in an analytics or data science kind of background doesn't traditionally want to go into those level roles unless they're like super passionate about being client-facing and forgiving yep. on the technical skills. But then you find that at the price point, with salaries versus industry side or client side you're like competing with those people that are just getting paid so much more and then tend to go down that route so it's just like a way smaller pool so that's like
0: the lead data scientist in industry who's maybe getting paid like 180 something like that
1: 190 base right
0: and they can be still very technical doing the thing they love getting paid great money and not having to do the evening sales or the calls to the US at
1: ten
2: a.m. stand up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is is that
1: and then the very like the variety of the tool like not tools projects. Yeah. Because you're not always guaranteed the really fun, cool let's build Only a really cool recommender system, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah.
0: Yeah, you're very, very led by one day your partner walking in going, I've just signed a million dollar deal with XYZ and here's yep. the work. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're doing now. Would you agree with that? Look, so, yeah, senior manager is probably
2: one of, one of the toughest roles. Could I have associate director, right. I guess, in PwC, would that be? Well, so, uh, so we, we have both titles. Oh, do you have both? Okay. Associate director would be the more senior senior manager. Right, i got you. Yeah, so it's the two inside the same grade. Um, I think on, on the senior manager side is is one of the things some firms do well is having technical tracks. Um, yeah. Not all firms have it. Um, and that can be a limiting factor. So just like you're talking about, if you're a, a lead data scientist, in some firms you can come in and they can facilitate that. Is that like just a principal? Well, they, it, so we? they do call it principal somewhere, yeah. but they also are starting to have two adjacent tracks. Sure. So you've got kind of like your advisory and your technical. So advisory is more of your traditional consulting path, and then technical is obviously technical, but you are still going to have to think about business development, all those sorts of things as they come in because you're going to be an expert in that area. So there is extra things you need to build on top as you go through, Um, and that can be a challenge. Particularly with people that just want to do interesting technical things, giving them the opportunity to just do that and not spend the time on other things can be, it's a big management challenge. Or the
1: ratio as well, right? The weighting between both, like it's heavily weighted to BD This is almost like how can
0: you be a principal data scientist in a consultancy and go hey guys i just want a three-year project with lots of money doing a thing that i want to do that <laughs> yeah. if you can figure that out then oh yeah everyone's it fine, does right? it does happen yeah it I does happen yeah. and when you do that then you've got a lot of
2: flexibility to learn you know you're leading a team you get opportunities you might not get otherwise mm. but getting to that point is the hard part
0: right of course yeah. have you ever i mean Super rare case, I'm sure. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. If you ever had someone walk in, go, hey, look, I'm interested in working for you guys because I've got this project that I know I can win. No, it's just, it's just me. I need a PwC brand behind me with the manpower um, to do it. Can you give me a job as a principal data scientist? I'm going to bring an X, but I only want to do that. <laughs> I haven't had it happen to me personally, sure. but I've heard of it happening.
2: Yeah. Um, particularly when you're coming from a client the firm's trying to chase, that could be where that situation would come up. So in, in previous places I've been, they'll go, hey, we're working with here, we have this really interesting problem. I'm across, I have good relationships with all the stakeholders. I'll come in to your brand and then help you sell that yeah. project. And that can be valuable, right? Because particularly if you're doing like... Um, you know, what's it called? Like value-based selling, you're not mm. responding to proposals, you're actually going out and, and spending a couple of weeks for free, building things, assessing their problem. That can really put you on the right track. So you can build something that no one else can because you've yeah. got that insight. Um, so I've I've seen it work previously,
0: yeah. Nice, yeah, off piece. Right, back to um, how you entice people in. So again, question same for both of you. Brand versus role versus leader versus salary negotiations. Like, Being blunt, we all know that, as we've said, some industries are paying crazy money. Mm. Yep. It means that a lot of people are struggling to compete just on salary. So what do you use and what have you seen work the most for you, both PDC and maybe Capgemini as both of your leadership roles?
2: Yeah, so it it depends on... um what you can offer is very dependent on the pipeline of work you've got as well. So to bring it back to the, the technical point, um, at Gemini, I was quite fortunate that I had some, some long running, very deeply technical projects where we were doing things you know, from the ground up, we were doing pretty cutting edge things as well. Um, so we were able to use that as a hiring tool. So we uh, kind of did a bit of an alternative method where we brought people in on contracts, go, hey, do you like this type of work? Are you enjoying the team? Then move forward. Um, so that was quite a good approach as well, because they get a taste for it, they get a taste for consulting, um, if it's suited to their skill set and if they wanna stay on board. So that was interesting. Um, but I think there's also the the other things that, um, you know, the, the brand can be good. Yep. So having that ability to, to look at the brand, which gives you global mobility, um, those sorts That's of things. That's a big thing right yeah. now
0: is uh, borders are open. I'm yep. hearing people ring me, Singapore, US, how do I get there? Oh yeah
2: and it's not an easy process but it's going to be easier somewhere like PwC versus gotcha. an Australian based company and the soft yeah.
0: landing of I'm working for a business that I know would probably take me back in Australia if I did want to move home yeah
2: we, we do we do long term secondments yeah. fairly regularly so go somewhere for six months come back your job's waiting for you for all intents and purposes I think we'll start seeing yeah. that a lot more yeah it's a great way to and I mean even casting my mind back that was one of IBM sales back when I joined was you can work anywhere um, one thing I would say is something like IBM because of the way it's it's owned and managed you could genuinely just go and work from anywhere they don't really care where you work whereas when you've, you're looking at big four and you've got audit requirements sure. you have to have certain working rights in certain countries to do different things but it's still doable yeah um, you just got to sort a bit more of it out um so yeah that kind of thing your focus on uh health and wellness is an important one mm-hmm. as well you might have seen um pwc's um their event that they're doing for senior consultants and managers um where the outside that's the one that's what it's called right no i've not um, seen that no. so it's like coachella oh, but for pwc okay. so right. they um, so it's a music festival but <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's quite literally, music literally a music festival you should look it up it's fantastic oh, wow, okay. um
0: so they, uh, they like put, um dreamforce for salesforce it's but
2: less culty no, so it's less culty. yeah less culty because yeah. we're not going to go into dream force yeah. um it's it's not like it's actually not focused on work at all so it's cool. it's like three days full of wellness coaching what? ice baths um like you know speeches from inspiring people all that kind of stuff and it's been it's had a great impact on the firm and you know, people's understanding of their own sort of wellness and all that sort of thing nice. as well because I feel like when you when you come in and it's something I've had to learn as well as it takes you a couple of years to figure out how to look after yourself in these professional Definitely. industries right and this is kind of like a shortcut to that so it's been a fantastic initiative that and, and music in. as well uh, I believe there is music cool. and there's when is it there's a <laughs> stage with Gabe I've asked the question they didn't invite me ah. uh, I know. I'm going to try and get there next year. Where um, else is it? It's in Hunter Valley, I think. Oh, nice. So they everyone from Australia flies to Hunter Valley, and they will do it in like 500 people cohorts. Oh, yep. I've got you. So you, you can just
0: turn it with your PwC Lanyard and just... You know, give it away. Uh, you even. probably could, yeah. I feel like but. arguably
1: you'd need that a lot more than some of them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying in yeah. stress. stress. Like. That's true. Um,
2: but I suppose at my level you're supposed to have uh, already dealt with yeah, that. Yeah, true, so. true, true, true. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> it's, true. Um, but it, it's really good because uh, from my perspective I lose all my – Senior your associates and managers for a month but other than that you get people come back very refreshed there's really sure. positive kind of things that come out of it and you're much more connected across the firm can imagine. Um, cool. so things like that is what we use really as cool. our hiring justifications yeah. it's, you get access to these sorts of things you get access to some of the best people in Australia all this kind of stuff is there as well um, it's a great co- topic I mean we're yeah.
0: huge on that here at Precision as well I was going to talk about the end, but we might as well pivot to it now because here's an invite for you <laughs> to an event we've got coming up in October. Oh, cool. But we do a lot of work with um, Black Dog Mental Health Charity. Oh, fantastic. Um, we're actually doing a sleep out tomorrow in a park. We, That'll be fun. I involve am involved, drivers? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. CEO sleep out. Is that um, what the beard's for? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no the, the, the beard's always going to be there. But I will look the most homeless, unfortunately, in that sense. But no, we, so we've raised some money for that we did a big walk last year but we have an event in october um at cba so anyone listening who's interested jump on our website um but we've got justin langer he's talking about his time coming into that australian cricket team and what the culture's like and how he had to deal with again getting people through the bubble and the mental health aspect there. We've got a guy from Atlassian, Don Price, and we've got um a guy from Black Dog speaking um about mental health. And it's it's called leading well, leading through wellness, how you put that at the forefront of your leadership t- technique. Um so we'll send you the invite after this. Yeah, That'll well. be but, fantastic. Um, yeah, it'll be um it'll be well worth coming along to. Right. Back to the original question, Emily.
1: Brand, what? salary,
0: yeah. role, leader you know, we, yeah, 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 what yeah, are you yeah. selling on. Okay, okay,
1: okay. Um, so for, obviously for us as recruiters, it's really important to have like a really, really, really detailed job spec so that we can sell back to the client or not the client, candidate who's looking or whatever and on the market. And it's like a huge tool for us. And if we get questions, we want to answer them, I suppose, to the most detailed level because obviously we're dealing with al- analysts. So that starts there. But we want to know, A, what the work is, obviously, because the work's like, the most challenging work that you could get or potentially opportunity to grow learn there's other two where i think we're talking about salary and Take flexibility salary off the table. oh okay oh, so then flexibility that'd be lovely.
2: Can we do that in real life yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, everybody
0: gets paid the same now oh imagine
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually the gender pay gap's gone by, uh, but yeah higher. But anyway yep. cool so we had flexibility flexibility is like the most important thing i think but not just like a blanket term like how can you individually uh, cater to all different types of needs, all different types of people? Um, people might want to be based in Brisbane. Um, if you are based in Brisbane, then can you actually remotely work and not feel like you have to come into the office just because everyone else in Sydney's in the office and things like that? Those are the most important things, I think.
2: Well, just on a quick point there at the first one, how do you balance um, lots of detail in a, in a job description and you know making sure you're reaching the right people? because. We've been experimenting with this to kind of make sure. Uh, like one of the things I always put in my posts about roles is, hey, if you only hit eight or six or three things, still come and have a chat, right? Sure. Yeah. That element of it's really important. And I feel like it's it's sometimes hard to encourage that with a job description. How do you kind of balance that with making sure there's plenty of information on it?
1: Mm. I feel like you can get trapped in like a wish list on a mm, job exactly. brief. Yep. So, yep. for us, obviously, when we're talking to like you saying you're hiring and looking at an analytics manager, we're going to go into the most non negotiable skills. Um, we don't hone in on a lot of desirable things because that's probably where they're falling short, maybe the four out of 10 that they don't meet. Um, and then yeah, I suppose the talk, the talking part for us is to be able to like communicate. And maybe for you, you're just like chatting over LinkedIn and like it's just a more of a job brief rather than a conversation. Is that what you mean? Yeah, usually no? those
2: go to a conversation when oh, you're on the, on the phone for 15 minutes, just kind of going, hey, you got to run me through why you don't think you fit it. Um, can we have a chat around that? Those sorts of things. Because I think sometimes people tend to undervalue some aspects of their more sure. um, experience value. or over value yeah, right? yeah, yeah like an upfront chat even 15 minutes gives you a good indication of of where they sit fairly realistically
1: I tend to find that if you are like selling a job brief immediately it's never really gonna land the best way you almost need to like pivot and get them talking about themselves from yep. more of a like just a general standpoint not not about that role or anything it's more about okay cool who are are you as a person what have you done um my killer question is picture yourself you've got a role on the table it's everything you could picture you wanted and more holistically what do you think the top three or four things you would need to look, look at in that in order for you to be like oh, yeah, cool, I'm going to an interview. I'm going to steal can, that just for reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah do yeah. It. <laughs> <A great> one. <laughs> and then you can pivot and be like, yeah. cool, well, I've got two of these, three, two, two or four things or whatever. So. Well, I've got none
0: and yeah. maybe that's fine. But I've got none yeah. and this is, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think as well to further your point and what you're maybe looking for, so get rid of loads of responsibilities put the detail in who are we as a business what are we achieving in this role what are your outcomes going to look like in terms of like hey this is why you should work for us not i want these 17 things and if you don't have them don't work for me so it's different we also have started using um shout out to quiller it's a newish kind of uh, of pack builder and we, you can embed video content. You can put pictures and uh, moving parts in it. So what we're trying to do is completely demy- demystify the process of actually getting a job. So interview process is in there, clearly defined. Salaries in there, clearly defined. Even just a small range. So look, this is what we will likely pay for someone. Um, what's a day in the life of someone who works there? Um, here's what you're going to expect if you engage with us. And here's how long it's going to take. If you have all that information in there, so when candidate walks in the door, they go, cool. Because we've had, say, with government, for example, when we were doing some work with the ATO, what really helped with them, yes, their process might have been slightly longer, mm. but everybody who was going into that process was like, I know it's going to finish on the 24th of November. Right, I can, okay, yeah, I get you. Now, I'm not saying yep. everyone should be like that because it was quite a long process and we lost some people along the way, as you would. It worked for the more senior end of town yeah. who wanted that role. I wouldn't be doing that. At this mid level that you mentioned, where everybody's moving at three days' interview process pace. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, that's not going to happen. I also
1: think, just quickly on that job description one, is that um, people need to start changing how they write job descriptions because we write ones like they're very different, right? Like, yeah. how will this benefit you, this role? Like how will this the job change your different. life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Which is fluffy, crazy. but you know, it. But it, you spend yeah. it is
0: gonna change your life, whatever you do for the next five it's years. It's like, got a big impact, yeah. Duties, yeah. exactly.
1: response like, how boring. No, no, <laughs> <All> right, <laughs>
0: there you go. We've we've gone into the interviews, we've gone into consulting, let's get into the fun part of the podcast. I'm really excited. Best date joke, then we're gonna get into some of my more fun questions. I feel like we're gonna ask you the zombie apocalypse question. We'll yeah. get into that. Um but first of all, best date joke.
2: I can go first. On the oh moment. wow, you're Being confident. Prepared. Yeah, I'm, okay. I think this is good. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. And so. you want to go first, so then you're going to
0: be under loads of pressure. On yeah, your head. that's what I thought. Yeah, right? yeah, it works out yeah. perfectly. Okay, cool. Um, Let's here
2: we go. So, what do a zookeeper and a data scientist have in common? I don't
0: know, Gemma. What do they have in common? They both import pandas. <laughs> oh,
1: that's not good. That's so low that up
0: so much no. you know what? i feel like we've had a version of that before yeah, have maybe. you actually yeah maybe oh, really maybe There's oh. a, you had a panda one before
1: i did once i don't know what it was
0: i don't think it was the same but i like that and you left <laughs> and i left emily's in trouble that was my you know bar as long as i got it's a couple of chuggers, it. it was okay <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: oh mine's terrible okay cool what did the hard drive get when it wanted data but didn't have the resources
0: i don't know what did it do
1: a cash advance <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty good too. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good clap yourself. Yeah. It's gonna hype up somehow, yeah. Oh my god. Do you know what? Oh, I'm gonna good say enough. categorically that is the highest quality of the two. Yes, yeah, I'm not saying they're that. the best, but they were both good oh, dad okay. jokes. Yeah, fair That's enough. That's what I was going for. That's what I was channeling. Yeah. 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 Good, good effort. Good average. Mm. <laughs> Alright, good average. Bottom. Well Alright, so um okay, I always like this question how many of your family actually get what you do Zero. Oh, cool really? yeah
2: except my partner okay she's also in consulting fine so she understands but my, my Bloods, actual relatives. blood relatives absolutely not. okay cool most so of them are trades people right so they don't understand what i'm talking about cool so yeah, you are set- not interested either yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> oh they, they listen and nod yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. that's a good start so you tell them anyway yeah i tell, tell them anyway them of course anyway. i'm yeah, in consulting yeah. i'm always going to talk about of it of course
0: yeah so you sit down with your i don't know five-year-old nephew i don't know what you've got in your in your family and and you're trying to explain to them this is this is what i do like how would you explain that to them to a five-year-old five-year-old explain like i'm five um
2: i don't know abstract data projects to a five-year-old that's a fun one yeah um okay so i help people with business problems but then i have to define what's business business? Yeah. yeah exactly right um Okay, so you could use an example. So uh, you could use uh, what? Well, what if a five-year-old would have purchased nothing really? What if <laughs> we go to like Coles, right? They've been to Coles, right? They've been to Coles. They know how Coles works. Are right? you sure
0: they're not Woolworths people? They're Coles people. Well, let's, let's use supermarket both people. Yeah, right. supermarket people, supermarket yeah. people. Yeah, supermarket people. Or if you're
2: in Sydney, Harris farms That <laughs> of could of be one as yeah. well. Yeah, I'd I'd yes, I would love that place. Side note mean. to plug Harris. I also farms. love Harris <laughs> Farms. <so laughs> in
0: fact, though, having said that, since I moved to the Central Coast, I now go to the farmers' market. Oh, okay, that's better. That's okay. Yeah.
2: Yep. I live in Melbourne as well. And we go to the Vic markets there, which is just, yeah, it works out well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, back to that. Let's say your five-year-old is familiar with Harris Farms. Not how much you spend there, but what it looks like. So you could say that, you know, we're helping them get the right things on the shelf at the right time. So the things that you like are on the shelf when you're there. So your five-year-old mm. nephew thinks you stock shells at Harris Farm. Well, you could <laughs> you could say that, yeah. But then you, you, you know you talk about trucks. Oh, Shumi knows what a lot of trucks. Tonka truck, drive that along. And we're like, you know, this is your you know expensive yeah. bit of meat in the back of it. So now they think now you're it's a truck got, driver. Yeah, okay. I can see where this is going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, yes, but something it's like tough, that. Right? It is tough to go yeah. to a five-year-old. Um, I think you would have to boil it down to some sort of real world example and i think a lot of the real world examples tend to be business focused when you got to explain yeah. business so that is that is hard for a five-year-old but i would try i would try with the harris farm analogy nice Yep. no it's good depending
1: on where you are right like it does yep. it to anything all also depends
2: on how smart the five-year-old is
0: true myself as a five-year-old wouldn't have got it wouldn't have got
1: it No,
2: no.
0: not at all would have gone straight
2: over my head yeah fair, <laughs> enough. <laughs> fair
0: enough um all right into some more of my fun questions um and we as we all know have a new prime minister Yes. who likes Gang of Youths and Downing Beers at the Gang of Youths concert I, I didn't see that saw that, that was yeah. really cool yeah Chris was there what? yeah our colleague was there but anyway yeah, Albo was there he, was on, he had a um, uh Joy Division t shirt on as well. He's very oh, man right. of the people. He is, and I like this comment on Reddit that I saw, he is exactly what Scott Morrison sold himself to be. He is actually <laughs> a man of the people. So anyway, he's got a better PR team. Oh, God yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah. Anyway. You actually have to wear the t shirt this time, remember? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Look, everyone who knows this podcast knows that I have feelings about Scott Morrison, but elbow, uh-huh. right? You can show him anything. anything. Data. Oh. What are you going to show him in order to help him in his job? To help him in his job?
2: Yeah. To help him do his job better or help the country run better?
0: I mean, I think they come a little bit hand in hand. Uh, not
2: really. It yeah, depends. Yeah.
1: No, I think the country, I reckon. I reckon we okay. go with country.
2: Yeah, yeah. you know, but
0: you're like, okay, I want to do good in this country. Who do you go to? Good to start the Prime Minister. That's true. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be the guy with the most influence. I yeah, say so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, there's a guy that recently retired He was an MP, um, Victor Dominello. He's, he's fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. I see him all over the He's really, Britain. really good. So he's done a the lot of work guy. in
2: digitisation. Yeah, the digital guy, exactly. That's cool. be, um, yeah. So he's done a lot of work in bringing us toward that future. And I think taking some of the work he's done, and, and they call them whole of government solutions, turning that sort of thing into a whole of government solution would be a real quick and easy way to have a lot of impact, I think. Yeah, okay. Because a lot of that is not in... Uh, Victoria at the moment it's not WA it's across the other states so you could take some of those um you know really interesting ideas that they've developed there and kind of spread it across the board would be the first place I'd start no it's a
0: shame that he's having to step away unfortunately yeah definitely um, he's doing some really good work really good stuff yeah I mean even just if I think when I first got here to now and I know it sounds super basic but just even having my driver's license with my vaccination record all in one app and like, it just is becoming a little bit easier, Yeah, Yeah. it'd be nice. So you're trying to affect the day-to-day lives of Australians. Yeah, I think a lot of the the issues Australians have and I've worked with, um, you know, uh,
2: a lot of our service divisions before as well to optimize a lot of their processes. Mm. Um, And you kind of see firsthand how frustrating these things are. I think the thing is when you're looking at it from, you know, Centrelink's a great example, Mm. like, I have a new Centrelink personally but if I were using it it would be okay I understand the process but I'm not in a stressed home life I'm not doing the kind of things that people are going through when they use these systems so being quick easy you know um, having empathy in the systems is really important uh, just making these things uh, a bit more empathetic as you're yeah. going through them and having that impact with people would make a huge difference um, so that's like little things like having having your driver's license on your phone um that's going to stop you from if you left your license at home because right. you've left your house rapidly for some reason right now you're you're not getting into as much trouble when a cop pulls yep. you over, that sort of thing so it's just little ch- changes that um i think have a, a big impact on some people and that's
0: worthwhile yeah yeah We've had a lot of people trying to solve the climate crisis, which is I completely agree, I don't know anything how to do that. I would I like, love to. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like this day-to-day vibe that you've gone for there. That's good. All right, I'm going to ask you this question as I well. I just then, want to honey. tack on there. It yeah. does reduce paper. Yeah, right. So, if you have oh, oh. yeah. less printing. Yeah, way less Double printing. Trouble. But... Also, I'd say less need for justices of the peace with all the stamping and all that stuff, though. So maybe we're doing people... So we're we'll saving money as well. we we'll saving money, yeah, true. Very good point. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, right, um, I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask you as well, Emily, because I think, I think it's been a while since you've answered this one and we've asked it, right? If, you obviously did electrical engineering. Yeah. If you weren't working in data, what would your dream job be, do you think? Um, my dream job? Because obviously you're in it now. Director at PwC. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, on my mind goes a couple of different places. Okay. So, um when I was a kid, I wanted to be an engineer. So okay. ever since I was about eight years old, so I wasn't very smart at five, but I kind of wisened up a little bit to eight. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a, an engineer because uh, I had a family friend that would force me to do math problems whenever oh, cool. he came over for dinner, which I didn't think was cool at the time, but it got now me interested like, in engineering. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was really good and that's kind of what I, what I wanted to be. I wanted to build bridges and yeah. do all that kind of stuff as well, which I should have done civil if I wanted to do that, but here we are. Um, the other thing I'd probably want to do now is... Um, Ah, oh, so there's, there's. I don't know a lot of my answers actually come back to data so I probably need to think about that more but um, I also actually really enjoy kind of the small business side of things so having kind of local small facing businesses um, uh, things like um, you know my my parents actually run a a fibre optic installation business so they put fibre optics in the ground in houses that sort of thing and that kind of that business is I used to work there for a number of years so I've been a tradie before if that helps Um, it's kind of good because you have eight jobs to do you do eight jobs and you go home and you're done. Uh, yeah, got, doesn't that yeah. sound lovely? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's the simplicity aspect of it as well. So something like that would be probably where I would have ended up had I not gone to data. Do
0: you know what? There's a friend that I have made up in the Central Coast. He's uh, There's a Brazilian community that we've become friends with there and one came over and then suddenly all the family started coming over and he's come over and he used to be a, a lawyer mm-hmm. in Brazil. He's over here now um, and he's working as a cleaner. Yep. And I said, you know, how is that for you with your education? He said, you know what? It's been really nice <laughs> i <laughs> go to work <laughs> yep i clean yep and i go home and i enjoy myself i don't have to work stupid hours i don't have to worry about what's next and billable yeah totally and i'm now living in a country where i don't drive down the wrong street and get a gun pulled on me mm. which he was telling me oh stories God, about yeah. where he yeah, goes wow. into the favelas in the wrong place and yeah. gets you know st- anyway. so I was, it's an um, interesting point that you make there yeah. the simplicity of life sometimes does cleaning is a great example you always need
2: people to clean you always need people to cook those jobs are going to stay they're yeah. not going to be automated anytime soon and there's a lot of money that can be made in those industries as well if you've got that kind of business mindset too yeah. so i think you know people kind of focus on i don't think you should ever choose a career for making money but mm. i would first day because you can make money anywhere that's not the hard part the hard part is having something you want to get up in the morning for and that's kind of how you've got to make your decisions i think for me personally yeah,
0: yeah. You say cleaning can't be done by a robot have you not seen the little fellas that yeah, they're
2: good fun. <laughs> they're terrible. It is so bad. What you see is just
0: videos of them smearing dog poo or something oh, around yeah. the house by oh. accident.
2: Have you seen the ones where they, um, you strap a knife to the top and two of them have a knife fight? No way, that
1: sounds <laughs> very very funny. Funny. Uh, it's no way. funny. Right,
0: a weird question. It comes up sometimes. And the only reason I'm asking this is it's come up in our workplace recently. Okay. And I'd love to know your opinion as someone who's in consulting where I think this is kind of important yeah. dress code. Uh. Oh. Yes. Such a simple topic, but gets people's blood pumping. Mm. We've spoken about it at Precision Sourcing. We have a major divide within our business between mm. the suits and the non-suits. Um, when I say suits, I'm talking about buttoned-up shirts, blazers. You don't have to wear a tie, maybe. And yep.
1: uh, No, let's describe it. Ralph Lauren short yep. shirt, something from Reese London. Yep. Um, you know, those brown or black shoes. Maybe not even black, actually, just brown, like, lacy Are shoes. Are you trying to call not me that? Not right? Arms, okay, okay, not <laughs>
2: Leave RMs
0: out of this Although we have it? started Working with our yeah. Williams as a business And so we've seen a lot more RMs in yeah. the office
1: Although it's, I'm describing yeah. I'm describing men right now Not Navy women, yep. are, women are a bit more You know like Blazers expressive. Blazers A lot true, of Blazers true, 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 true. In that camp A lot of Navy Yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's um, And
0: Navy and Black Right So that's That <laughs> side of stakes one. And they're like mm. We should dress like that because we need to be able to walk in a room and everyone goes, right, this person is serious about what they're doing. Blah, blah, blah. Then we've got the other side. I'm going to come to you, don't worry, J.M. I'm sure you've got we a lot of opinion opinions on this, yeah, yeah. I'm yes. sure you do, right? So then we've got exactly. the other side of the group who are like, well, it shouldn't matter. And I'm good enough at my job to convince anyone who looks at me at first and goes, oh, they're not wearing what I think they should be scruffy, that I'm really good at my job. This has come up heavily because we've just hired someone who was a data analyst for 10 years. He's now a recruiter, but he's still dressing like a data analyst. (laughs) And he's like, but that's my market. Like, right. Also, an opinion that I've shared with a few people and I'm going to share with the world is I don't care personally. Right. I just think that, like, in the data world, especially sometimes you can heavily overdress. Aaron, some general opinions for you there. You're in consulting. I'm sure you're in meetings with partners. And then other people just give us your full thoughts. I have several different thoughts that I
2: need to individually pull out. But firstly, the most talented developer that I know, um, when I first met him, and he'll know who he is from this description, for several years afterwards wore one pair of boat shoes with holes in them and no socks. Um (laughs) in the office, after work, on the weekends, the whole time. So he was very developer. Well, he was also a consultant. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So, but he was so good at what he did that it was okay. Sure. So,
0: so, so he's a different bar.
2: Yeah, but um but I feel like it's so the, the one thing I say in consulting is is dress whatever your client's wearing. Um, that's kind of what we've gone yeah, for, yeah. If your client's in a t-shirt and you're in a suit, you're overdressed and it's awkward. Um because they're not going to be able to relate to you and whilst you might feel like you're professional and from your side, you might feel like you've got more confidence or whatever else, you are putting that person Offside as well. So with a client focus, that makes it reasonably easy for us, right? Because you go, okay, my client's always in t-shirts. I'm always in t-shirts. But how do you know for that first meeting? Usually, you wear a shirt for the first meeting. Yeah, you uh, do. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you yeah you straight down that. the middle for the yeah, first meeting. Look for me. I will never put a shirt on at home. So I'm always no, in a t-shirt yeah, I wouldn't on either, video yeah. at home. It just doesn't. It's too much effort. I put a really. polo on. Yeah, yeah sometimes. I, I I I usually go
0: for a polo. Yeah, polo is a good unless choice unless I'm branded.
2: Yeah, fair enough. You can get away with branded. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I feel like it's getting less and less of a concern, particularly with newer generations going into the workforce. They don't care about it as much, and for good reason, right? It doesn't actually define the work you do. It doesn't define no, okay. your outcomes. But depending on who you're dealing with, it can define their view of you and your capabilities. So you do have to, um, you know, navigate that landscape with the people that you're dealing with day to day. So for me, I am. I don't like wearing a shirt, but I wear a shirt because it's 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 a useful tool to have in mm-hmm. some situations, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's better for me to be in that uniform if you want to call it that than to be in a t-shirt. But if I'm going to a data science meetup, I'm not wearing a shirt, no. yeah. right? So I'm kind of picking and choosing which yeah. elements make sense at the time. Um, and for me, like, uh, if I get on stage, like I went to the, the CDO conference the other day and did a presentation, I'm in a full suit, right? Sure, you because it's good. that type of thing, right? It's that type of environment where it would be odd for you to not be in a suit, I've got you. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I've also presented at conferences in a t-shirt, it just depends on the conference, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of having that understanding of, of what crowd
0: you're there for and what image you're trying to portray right is important yeah i I have a few examples of this recently i think as well when you're when you're just around the office i kind of don't care what people are wearing i have something in the cupboard that i can get changed into yep right and i think that's okay so but some people expect people to come in just to our casual office yep dressed in a certain way i wore a tux two weeks ago to the opera house fun we went with work (laughs) Yep. They tried to pull a prank on me and tell me it was black tie when I came back from holiday. Yep, I had a mole who told me that they were pulling a prank on me and that no one else was going black tie. <laughs> Still wore the tux anyway because I was like, screw, it. It'd be not? a bit of fun. Yeah. I've never been complimented so much in my life walking down the street, <laughs> walking into a bar, yep. walking top I mean, and I just cause I was in a tux, so I think it, yep. you're right. It has power in the right this situation. This a tailored suit, right? Not because
2: I wear it very often, but because when you in do the, wear it,
0: you yep. has the right impact. Yeah. Yep. Whereas today. Another sharing story. Went to see a new office, because hopefully we're moving to a bigger oh, office. congratulations. And the real estate agent was there. And when we walked out, one of the people in the other camp to us at Precision Sourcing said, that's how someone should be dressed for their job. Bang. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, I walked in there, I was like, oh, that's a real estate agent. Yeah,
2: just dresses like a real estate agent. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, I'm not a fan of real estate I'm agents. I'm not
0: here to meet. Yeah. Well, no, I would <laughs> never say that, because a lot of people say that about recruiters so i'm very careful with my words in that sense but fair enough not all fair not enough. all real estate agents and i have a couple of dealt yep. with recently who were very good it's so i'm going to defend them in that sense if they if you're good at your job you're good at your job that's, that's true. as that, yep. right fair enough um but i was like i'm dealing with a real estate agent not a person yep and i wanted to know the person and then then be more truthful whereas my colleague was like that's what I wanted from my real estate agent. And I thought that was right. a really good example of how... Pressed by it almost. You just yeah. put this blanket thing in, like we talk about our dress code. Some people are going to love it. Yep. Others aren't. I just think individuals need to dress what makes them feel comfortable. Mm. That's I just agree.
1: Me. It's just like everyone's trying to make you in a little bit of a uniform. Yeah. No matter what, even if we're not wearing the same precision shirts, it's just like uniform. Yeah. But... Can't express yourself, can't be yourself. I just, I think I, that, agree. I agree with you.
0: Although we did meet a partner once at EY with my old ex-colleague, our ex-colleague, and she got it wrong, forgot who we were meeting, turned up in ripped jeans and <laughs> like a T-shirt. But and that's just Yeah, but the dude was just like straight away, you could just see, he was like a senior partner at EY and he was just like, nah no chance. And I was just like, oh. It does depend on when and why you're meeting them. Shut because up. I've had discussions with partners dressed
2: in Lycra because they just got off the bike. So nice. it does yeah. depend on <laughs> when you're no. Them.
0: no, this was a meeting where He was skeptical at the beginning, and we really had to go in and knock it out the park. Yeah, okay. And we were just so on the back foot. So, this is what I'm saying. Whilst I'm like, aware what you wear whenever you want, comfortable, I agree that there's certain situations you should wear a certain. It's
2: only an issue if it's a Delta, right? If it's outside of the expectation, far enough that someone comments on it, then you've got a problem. But as long as you're somewhere in the bounds of what people are expecting, it's usually okay.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right. We've got to wrap this up because I'll get told off for going over an hour, as I always do. Um, I'm going to ask you two questions. One that we ask everyone and one that we ask people who we think are going to dive into this. One is um, books. Books. What have you read that's really helped your career that you think others might perhaps want, or maybe a personal book that you're reading right now? I read a lot of books. Yeah. That's a good place to start. What kind of books do you read? (sighs)
2: All kinds of things.
0: Fiction, non fiction. I read a book on how to start a nursery
2: last year, which was interesting. (laughs) Uh, A nursery or a child nursery? I like a plant nursery. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: You see, I would find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I don't know why it was so interesting, but it just kind of, I read the first page and I'm like, all right, buying this book. Um, So, on something that's helped my career would be Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. I think that's how you say it. Um, That book completely blew my mind for about six months there to the point where, um, so basically the book is about how humans think and where our cognitive biases are and where we're selectively blind um what that forced me to think about is how how much i trust by intuition and how much i trust rational thinking and what are the differences between those two things um is it like head heart gut Effectively, but without the gut part. It's more like head and heart. It's intuition and and rational thinking. So like when you first react to something, you're coming out of intuition. And then when you think about it later, you're coming out of your rational. He calls them system one and system two. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like if you're given a task to watch a basketball game and you have to count how many times the basketball gets bounced in the game and then you watch the video and then at the end of the video, um, you go, did you see the gorilla in the background? Most people don't. Sure, of course. Because your intuition is focused on the task that it's doing and it doesn't see the wider pitch you that you're not rationally kind of thinking about so that kind of um, impacted me quite heavily to the point where I decided not to use my intuition for as long as I could so I, I went for like three or four months without reacting to things so I, I would have looked interesting in the workplace because you would have said something to me then like a couple of seconds later I replied Oh wow! Um, but what it did is that I actually figured out that I could train my intuition in a lot of ways so by going through that process you can Train what your initial reactions are because um, for me, and as I said, this was part of kind of learning how to be, um, how to talk to people, how to understand these different problems was, was training those patterns I'd built out of me right? Because I'd been in engineering, heavily technical. I'd learnt kind of a lot of things in my formative years that went along that side, but I had to kind of get some of those out and retrain them with better reactions and intuition. And that's how I did it. So that was probably the most impactful book that I've
0: read. I like that you actually explained how you've yeah. implemented that day-to-day yeah. as well. Yeah, it would yeah, that's have been good. very strange for friends and family, and yeah, like, i apologize. <laughs> <frankly>. <laughs> yeah, quite yeah. quite yeah. literally just like you,
2: rationally <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah, it was odd, but it was very helpful in the end because it gave me, it also helped me realise how much you can Control your own mind. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's a big factor. I don't think people realize how powerful their own minds are. Sometimes, if you just kind of go with whatever it's giving you, it's not necessarily the best option. Um, so it's yeah, kind of understanding. It takes work though, right? Oh, it takes. Anytime a lot work. you want
0: to change your brain, it's like oh,
2: months and months of months, very months dedicated work on particular yeah. things.
0: Yep. I really once uh, wanted to learn how to lucid dream. I thought it'd be really. Cool. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. And Did you get there? No, no <sighs> chance. I had, do not. I realized. I'm 33 now and I'm fine with the fact that I don't have the discipline for that kind of stuff. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm happy in myself. So yep. I just, I, I'll do something like that, which is real intensive brain training for like a few weeks and then go, Ugh, whatever. Yeah. But sometimes
2: it sticks, right? Those sometimes. Sorts of things. But yeah. I just thought
0: it'd be really cool. Like, you know, when you're in a dream and you can control your dream. That sounds mm. epic.
1: That's kind of freaky. I don't like it No you don't like nah, it Nah I want <laughs> to dream without Control right, No you Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, You know <laughs> just
0: get pissed off With the amount of dreams you have When you're trying to run away From something And you're a bit stuck in the mud Or you're falling And you just don't want to fall Or you turn up <laughs> to school With just your underpants You
1: sound like you dream All the time I don't yeah. dream Yeah I,
0: I dream a lot yeah. oh, I Do love you not dreaming. dream a lot
1: Nah Well not that I remember anyways
0: I write emails on my dreams Nice.
1: Oh, no. That's, that's a sign so that I'm sad. doing too
0: much work. Yeah. Sign, yeah. But imagine if you can control your dream and write the email that you wanted go I have back before. to sleep,
2: Jeremy Yeah. No, so there's like what? a period, an hour before I wake up, where I can like vaguely control dreams. Yeah. Not like lucid dreaming, sure. but like just enough. I know what you mean. But the issue is, I woke up, I, I wake up, and then my mental to do list has already been ticked off. So, I don't send the email that I spent 10 oh. minutes dreaming about. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I go to the afternoon, like, ah, I haven't sent it, you know, and then, yeah, so it
0: is a problem. It's a genuine problem. Yeah. There you go, right? <laughs> I just think dreaming is really cool. I think, as a, I don't know, just as a concept, I'm like, that's epic.
1: It's got to be some sort of meaning behind it, eh? Like, it must be. Everyone always talks about it, but I just want to know but what But it's just how it, means. I don't
0: think yeah. it's easy to interpret it. Apart from if you're dreaming about the same thing all the time, it's really, really well, bad. I was about to say, have you ever had the same dream every couple of I like, used to, but I've not the same it dreams anymore. every year. If if like every year I have like, there's like three different dreams and I have them at least once a year. I used to have that and I don't have that anymore and I think it's because I'm a little bit more content in life right now. (laughs) Maybe that's the sign. No, I'm not coming (laughs) at you. No, I'm not coming (laughs) at you. I'm I'm just talking about me, my personal experience. I'm just like, when I was like a lot more anxious and younger and like unsure of myself, I'd have the same dreams and they were often me being at school and I would forgot my gym kit and everyone else has got their gym kit or like I'm trying to run in a race and I'm really slow because just that whole, like. Right. Not, but now I don't really have, like I have lots of different, really cool, like magical dream. Anyway, shut up. Mine are very
2: different than that though. Mine are very abstract, the dreams I have. Okay. Created. Like there's one where, um, it's probably getting too much detail for the podcast, but I don't know yeah. what the question was yeah. now, but basically it's, humanity like a thousand years in the future and they're still skyscrapers but they're all covered in vines and oh, there's just cool. electric cars driving themselves around on like these automated tracks and it's just me looking at electric cars driving around in circles that's brilliant and that's the whole dream Whoa. this is going to lead really
0: <laughs> well into our final question it's the zombie apocalypse <laughs> oh yes yes. Yeah, so are we're the in... electric cars still on yeah they're okay. all going uh, around uh, they just zombies to start with the yeah. humans <laughs> are <laughs> you're inside in <laughs> you're in a dream um but you're in a zombie apocalypse your family yep. your immediate family okay are safe Good. So you don't answer. The so it's not that much of an apocalypse then. No, it's a mild apocalypse. No, no, it's they're slow moving zombies. Okay, good. It's not good. Twenty one days later, or twenty one weeks later. No, I'm going to be out of luck if twenty eight days later. Yeah, say. no, no, none of that. <laughs> no, no, no. This is Shaun the Dead zombies. oh uh, good. All right, good, good context. You've got three people yep. that you can have with you. Okay. in your zombie apocalypse world, who would you have there and why?
2: A lot of names spring to mind, but then you kind of discount them. So, you know, if we are working in my electric car dystopia, um, you've got Elon Musk would be great for hacking electric sure. cars, but Elon Musk probably can't outrun or fight zombies. Given no, that photo but... of him on a boat, and he'd be... not, oh. not impressive. He
0: would just <laughs> throw you under a bus. He would. As soon as he, he could, yep. let's be honest. As yeah. soon as he's got a rocket ship built on. Yeah, it, yeah. Right? You're, yeah, you're, okay. you're, yeah.
2: He's not looking after you. Yeah, so material possession's not helpful. No. Um... Oh, and then you could go someone like The Rock.
0: Well, so he comes from
2: everybody's heart. But but once you run out of your supply of steroids, oh yeah. how are you, he's not going to be that useful, right?
0: Yeah, he needs a lot of food to fill. It's a lot of food. Eight thousand calories a lot of, day of food.
2: right, yeah. So happened. then I'd think of like, okay, we need we, you need someone to defend. I can't fight. Look, you need a defender. I need a defender. So I'm thinking whoever's currently at the top of the MMA would be what weight class are you looking for? Lightweights. Okay, I feel cool. like if you're fighting slow-moving zombies, you don't need to be a heavyweight. Cool. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to give you all the food. So. I think it's Charles Oliveira. Okay, I'm glad so you know that. we going to hit that. Whatever that is. I was good thinking of, of Paddy, whatever that guy's name oh, is. Oh, yeah. Pimble. Just because I see With him. there. the more
0: haircut. Of, he's you know, still got a lot of juice in the tank. He's up and coming, so that would yeah, work. He would he's be, funny, too. He is to funny, scouse. but I, I, yeah, I heard so that. So good accent. But
2: I don't think he'd be useful in like strategic discussions. No, but he's there as the muscle. Yeah but It's only three So you've still got to Include him in the discussions Do you not Yeah, yeah but It's like a democracy Are we not Are we not running sure a will, democracy mine. Okay alright <laughs> um, Alright then I got another person So it's someone from the MMA That'll be the first one Right A lady um, from MMA Needs someone who can cook And like Heal people So some sort of doctor
0: um, A doctor who can cook
2: uh, Well that's <laughs> what I'm saying I'm trying to combine these two Sure Because
0: otherwise You know I'm It can be, be anyone from person. history as well You're Like Fictional Anything oh, So that's a lot of people. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to think of a doctor who's a good chef from a movie.
2: Um, there's the guy that was the chef for the White House who's also a bodybuilder.
0: Oh, yeah, the big dude, the big dude, he's he's huge and he's muscle. Okay, so he can be muscle. I'm knocking out MMA.
2: Yep, so he's done, that's covered. So now we still need a doctor.
0: Um, greatest doctor ever?
2: I don't know,
1: fictional.
0: I don't know. I don't Dr. know any. Doctor Watson. Do you watch Doctor like Enemy? Can oh, Doctor Watson. Double fighters.
2: Oh, uh, war veteran. Yeah. Okay, Doctor Watson. We got nice. the second one. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, and then a third. What do you need else? You got a doctor. You got a chef. You got muscle. I assume I'm. Well, I don't know any war strategies. Yeah. Well, not really. So I'm. I'm kind of like the dead weight. <laughs> <on> the <head>. <laughs> <laughs> I can carry things.
0: There you go. That's, I can carry yeah, things. Cool. So what do we need That's for a three. third? No, no, no that's your, I, you need the fourth because you're all the third. Yeah, the third. Yeah. third. Uh, We've um, said people who can sneak through small spaces often helpful. To do what? I don't know, like sneak around. To do what? To go to be and get like Disguised. The slow-moving zombies, you don't have to sneak around. True, but there's a lot
2: of them. That's fine. Okay. We just throw a grenade some other way. They go towards that. And because you've got Watson, the right. medic slash veteran, should know how to use a grenade, I assume. <laughs> that's true, yeah, I um, think so. So that kind of... Negates that need, doesn't True. it? True. Although you might have to fight other people. Yeah, you might. Mm. So then we need like a skilled negotiator. Oh,
0: that's
2: um, who's the bloke that wrote Never
0: Split the Difference? don't know. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Good book. Cool. About negotiating. So you've got a negotiator, a doctor, a Oh, he's ex FBI too. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So you so got been... three fighters plus you. Yes, but they've all got additional skills. Yeah, that's strong. Smart. That's the main thing.
1: Yeah, damn it.
0: He really thought about that. It's good. I like, I like the depth. on the fly. There. No, but I like the on the fly <laughs> thinking. All right, do you know what? We have to wrap it up. Um, uh, anyway, I had a lot of fun there. Really enjoyed the, especially the second half of that podcast. Um, but thank you very much for joining us, Joe Is Anything that we've missed that you really want to say? No, I think we've covered everything. Appreciate the time. Um, no problem. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, look, as mentioned earlier in the podcast, we have got a cool event coming up with Justin Langer, Don Price, and a gentleman from uh, the Black Dog Society talking about mental health. His name is... Craig Simple. Craig Simple. There you go. He's an ex-New South Wales detective, which is quite cool. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, get yourself along, and otherwise, join us in a couple of weeks for the next episode.